Hello there. Hi. My name's Nick. I'm Brittany. And welcome to episode one of A BJJ Marriage, a vlog and podcast that we plan on putting together for you guys on a semi-regular basis. So, episode one this week, we want to talk about uh, Brittany's competition that just happened last weekend and introduce ourselves a little bit. So, my name's Nick Lee. Um, this is my wife, Brittany. We've been married for a year and a half yeah or something yeah been together for how long how long have we been together i don't know like seven years he doesn't know <laughs> a but little yeah, bit in may it'll be about seven years yeah and we've been training jujitsu together for about a year and a half at this point yeah about a year and a half for her she's a three-stripe white belt and i've been training about three years in a three-stripe blue belt has it really been three years something like that yeah, I don't know. Yep, but it's been fun. And obviously, we spend a lot of time coming to the gym together. Obviously. Because <laughs> you totally know that. And we want to share snippets of that with you guys. Yeah. So, I guess the biggest reason that we started talking about doing this in the first place was just because not only do we train and we love it, we just want to talk about it and our experiences, but also. I feel like it's empowering me being female in the sport that is definitely male dominated and how to go about that scenario and when what to do in different types of situations whether you're stuck in some position or you're leading up to a competition or your training partners at the gym or pretty much any scenario so I thought it would be cool to share my insight being a smaller female on the mats and also not very experienced versus someone who is just another fish in the pond here in yeah. the jiu-jitsu community. Yeah, I'm nothing there... special at a 170-pound blue belt. Yeah, I mean, he's very good. I'm not going to discredit that at all, but he's just a, another blue belt male in the jiu-jitsu world. So he's yep. just here to give his insight, too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we spent a lot of time together on the mats. And specifically last weekend, Brittany had her second competition, which she did awesome at. She went 4-0 for the day and got a gold medal in Gi, which was fantastic, but there's tons of emotion that lead up to a competition that uh, stand out because it just happened last week. And we just kind of wanted to go through that and let you guys know what to expect if you ever plan on competing or why you should compete or maybe talk about the things that hold people back from competing. And those are all important topics to discuss if you even think about stepping out there because I'd say you know I'd say at least like 75% of people that train jiu-jitsu never get out on the mats and go compete you know for every one person you see in a match there's probably they have like 20 or 30 training partners in their gym that are just not competing or are not going to compete yeah I say at our gym here in Wisconsin we have about 105 110 members here in total and I think only like 20 of us have ever really like competed and we probably only have five who do it on a consistent basis. Yeah, I'm part of the core competition team along with uh, my buddy Dave, Miguel, Tyler. Tyler. Adam Conley has been doing it. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a great crew. And Nick Bon Tempo. Yeah, Bon out there, yep. Quite a few competitors here, but we definitely have a lot of people who don't and I know a lot of females here. We do have a steady amount of females here. 
currently is around like 15 to 20 out of the 100. So again, smaller majority, but a good population. And that's just adults. We also have a lot of kids. Kids. Yeah. Girls. But I do, I was just talking to another female at the gym, Lori. Shout out, Lori. And we were just talking about how she possibly wants to compete in the future and how we need to build her up and get ready for that. And I told her, I was like, you know, I will be there. I will help you. I will do competition roles. I'll train. I'll drill with you, whatever you need, because it is completely different on those mats versus your training mats. And even when you're doing your competition roles <laughs> in the gym, the actual competition just feels like 10 times more difficult, um, more what nerve inducing, anxiety oh, yeah. inducing. Yeah. Uh, the emotions that you feel are crazy, and you don't get that amount of training in the gym ever. No. And you know our coach, well her father-in-law, no my father-in-law, <laughs> her dad. <laughs> I always get that mixed my up. My dad runs me. the gym. And he always <laughs> says that every match that you go out and compete in is like thirty classes in that five, six, seven minutes, however long that match is. Which is crazy because some days you'll get like my first competition I had twelve matches, which was insane for my first competition. I was like a white belt with like blood stripes, <laughs> and I was like, "What is going on?" But yeah. I learned so much from that competition, and I feel that every competition I've ever been into, I've taken away so much from it. Even if I went undefeated in the day, I brought back so many lessons of I wasn't able to capitalize in this position, I wasn't able to finish this submission. Um, I didn't know what to do when I got caught here. It took me too long to fight out of that. And those lessons, when you bring that back to the gym, you and all your training partners work on it. And as a result, you and your circle all grow. Yeah. There's a famous quote there, um, a rising tide raises all ships. And that's what I like to think about with competition. How many competitions do you think you've done in total in your three years? Uh, I think about 10 competitions so far. I have about Sixty matches, and I think I'm like uh, fifty in like eighteen or like forty-five and eighteen somewhere around there. Okay, so for a person who has been doing this for a while now, three years is a while, and you've done ten competitions, what do you think your biggest obstacle is when you're getting ready for a competition? If you're ready for a competition, my biggest obstacle is uh, diet. <laughs> diet is super important to make weight. You know, especially in the male brackets, 170, 185 to 210 is super competitive, and that's where you're gonna get your people that are very strong. And I used to compete in the 185 division, and I used to weigh around 180 on average, and I was like, you know, I'm not gonna worry about my weight. And uh, a lot of those people I encountered were just super strong, and it was very difficult. Uh, or they were much taller than me. you were also super strong. Yes, I'm also super strong, but you know that's not the essence of jujitsu either. Right. Strength, but that's it a plays a huge factor in competition, especially so, in a white belt competition. Yes, white belts where there's less technique, and uh, you know everybody's a spazzy white belt <laughs> until they're not, but most of them still are. And uh, when you put strength behind the spaz, you get some issues there. But and we want to talk about all of these things. So I think a lot of our episodes are going to just talk about all the different concepts that go into jujitsu. Just our first one, just because the competition was last weekend, we really want to emphasize on that a little bit more on this one. So right. if you do want to hear us talk about anything specific, just let us know, and I'm sure we'll bring it up in the future. Drop it in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I started cutting down to 170. So I'd say my biggest thing is diet and weight, which she helps out a ton with diet because I don't know 
shit for food, <laughs> honestly. But what would you say your biggest comp- or obstacle is for getting to competition? The pressure, 100% the pressure, because... Expectations? Yeah, definitely. And it's something, it's definitely all in my head, and I know that it's an obstacle that I need to get through myself. It's not really anything that people can really do for me or help me out with. It's just something that I need to build up on and figure out and how to not let the insecurities come out because, I mean, I am just a white belt, but at the same time, I... I'm a sucker. Yeah, right. (laughs) I train a lot, and I feel like my jujitsu is pretty solid when I'm training in the gym, but then when you step on those mats, you're going against a person that you have possibly never met before, that you have possibly never rolled with before, that you know nothing about their jujitsu style, and it can be a complete 180 from yours, whereas at the gym, you're so comfortable, you know who you're training with, you know what their moves are, you know what they're going to do next, and you know what their challenges are going to be, but when you're going against someone that you have no idea who they are or what they do, I mean, there's always the possibility, there's always the factor of risk, and getting injured, and losing, and that's a lot of pressure to face up to, especially because, I mean, we did say that my dad owns the gym, and he's a first-degree black belt, and he's been training for 19 years, so I've been only training for a year and a half it, that's a whole different story but <laughs> I she was late to the game I train under my father everybody's who, biggest regret is not starting jujitsu earlier yes 100% so but start right now right now come right now but <laughs> no my dad's been training for 19 years and then I have a husband who is pretty freaking phenomenal on the mats and it's just a lot to live up to and I know that no one expects really anything out of me but in my own head the pressure of it really stresses me out. So as Nick mentioned earlier in this, that this was my second competition, and I remember mm-hmm. feeling like this was my first one, but I was just telling myself, I'm like, it's my first competition, of course I'm gonna freak out, I have no idea what to expect. And when I originally yep. signed up for the second one, I was like, oh, it's gonna be easier, it's gonna be better, because I now know what I'm doing. And yeah, the that aspect of now knowing what the adrenaline rush is like and knowing what the mats feel like and knowing what your opponents are probably going to do to you was definitely better but that pressure did not go away I still felt like I needed to go out there and I needed to represent my school represent my dad represent myself represent myself as a female white belt like I felt like there's a lot on my shoulders that I had to live up to and although people don't care whether you really win or lose as long as you're out there and learning it's still that anxiety pressure of it is something that I want to work on myself and also help every other person who wants to compete work on as well. Right, and we're just going to like local tournaments <laughs> around the area that are just traveling like Grappling Industries, yeah. Fuji, stuff like that. So we haven't even, you know, stepped out to any IBJJF competitions or Worlds, Pan Ams, or anything like that. like that, you know, that's plans for the future, possibly. But I can't imagine what the pressure is for something like that or for like the top tier athletes who actually have a following, who actually have expectations from the people that they consider fans or supporters, that level of pressure has to be on a whole nother level that, you know, hopefully I'll experience one day, but (laughs) we'll find out. (laughs) We actually know a girl, uh, Joanna, and she is a now brown belt, congrats Joanna, but I remember when she was training in Wisconsin, she's in Iowa now, but when she was in Wisconsin, she was getting ready for a really big competition. Like she was in that super fancy poster where it was her and the other girl and they were both purple A super fight, like a fight to win. One of those, and I remember talking with her and she was freaking out, but she was like trying to keep her cool. She's just like, yeah, 
it's gonna be it'll be interesting and I was like no you got this and she was like I don't know like it's, it's gonna be tough and I was like no you got it and she went out there and I mean she did triangular within like 30 seconds so she did have it yep but she <laughs> like is a phenomenal jujitsu practitioner and even she still feels the pressure yeah it doesn't really go away I don't think you just have to learn how to deal with it so you learn to manage yeah and the biggest thing with that is managing expectations in general is a huge part of life and you know putting that in a realistic scenario of what to expect or what not to expect or at best just getting rid of all expectations and treating it as a journey is the best way to go about that but that's much easier said than done yes you know the best way that you're <laughs> gonna go into a competition is loose ready to play your game you know what you're good at um, you know typically what happens in jiu-jitsu, you know what people do to defend your stuff in your own gym. But the best way to go about it is just be loose, go in there, and put out your best work. Yeah. The way you don't want to go into there is, you know, go in there and say, I have this one takedown I'm going to do, I have this one submission that I'm going to go for, and these are my best things. Well, yes, you can have those things prepared, but how much in life actually happens to plant, to whatever we plant, just in general, right? right. Somebody's always going to throw a wrench in there, it's going to get messed up a little bit, and then you're going to have to adapt. So, you know, try not to get into a one-track mind. Try to just stay loose, stay calm, breathe. I like to meditate a little bit before my matches if I can, even if it's just like 30 seconds. Just sit there, close my eyes, take some deep breaths. I also tried that. It music. helps clear your head a little bit. A lot music of people use music. helping a lot. I know Dave specifically brings his headphones every single time and just shuts out the world around him and he just wants to listen to his music. I don't know what he mm -hmm. listens to, but I know me, I listen to like super hard dubstep just to like try to get me fired up and try to get me going and all that yep. amped up. I actually have a competition playlist on my Spotify where, uh, I mean, I don't compete much, but for when I do, it has to amp me up and for the yep. last one, I remember just get you fired down, up. Yeah, laying down listening to my headphones and I was like, all right, I can do this. I can do this. I'm not gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I specifically love li listening to Bear Tooth okay. when I get amped up for any competition. Yep. They mm -hmm. make me feel on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Competition. It's scary. It's definitely. It gets you out of your comfort zone, especially because you probably are more comfortable in your gym than you would be going against someone you don't know who's literally trying to murder you. Yep, or break your limbs. Yep. And they will until the ref tells you to stop. Yeah, so they don't it's care. also hard to trust the ref. A yeah. lot of refs at these tournaments are just not experienced enough to handle it and let things go way too much for what they should. But you don't scare people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all part of competition. That's the things yeah. that lead up to you being nervous. Risk yeah. of injury is pretty high. You know, we're all adults. Nobody's getting paid to do jujitsu. We're all paying to do jujitsu and to get out there and compete you know it's not like we're doing it for anything really except for our own growth and to test ourselves mm -hmm. so it's better to have that mindset versus you know i need to win because coach said that i have the best guillotine in the <laughs> in the region so. yeah you know so expectations are always something to manage and at best you just have no expectations. You go in there ready to learn, have fun. If you win, that's great. If not, there's always lessons, right? And that's something people always say yep. about competition. You win or you learn. Yep. 
And then, so they say, what, winners never learn? Did you say that? No, it's a joke. I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> I won and I learned so much. <laughs> and that's the cool thing about competition, too, is I went out there and I did pretty freaking well for my rank, my size, all that stuff. Like, I, the first, she did great. the first three matches, I was beating those girls up. Like, I went 11 to 1, and then I got the next two as submissions. Like, it was it was a pretty dominant match, but at the same time, like just because I won, just because I knew what I was doing in that moment, we were watching back on my videos and I was like, wow, why did I go that way? Or why did I do that? Like there's so much that I missed in that step because just when you're under all of that, I'm not gonna say pressure, but I guess just being out there, like you just kind of forget when you're wanting to do things and then you rewatch and you're like, wow, I should have really done that instead. And so yeah, I did win, but I also learned so many things and there's so much to always grow from it and always to work on afterwards too yeah <clears throat> definitely but it's super fun also it is uh, i love the adrenaline nice. rush <laughs> so yeah kind of she says but i it's almost like an adrenaline high you get for every match you know you're waiting for the ref to call you out in the match and you know that you've got to go balls to the wall yeah um but not necessarily balls to the wall, but you've got to put everything into your technique that you can. Mm -hmm. You know, so a lot of times when you're rolling, you're not going to use your strength 100 times or most of the times when you're training. But competition and competition rules, yeah, you're going to add that into there because you want your technique backed up with as much power as you can put into it. Mm -hmm. You're trying to win. That's pretty Absolutely. much the essence of it. Like, yeah, you want to learn, but you're also trying to win. You want that medal. People want that medal. Like that medal is a sense of accomplishment. It's a sense of, I actually do know what I'm doing a little bit. Like it's it's a pride thing, but it's also a very humbling thing too, I would think. Like, what do you what do you do with all your medals? Uh, I have them in a box at my house. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I have one, I have my white belt ones in a box and my blue belt ones in a separate bag, but we're gonna be, you know, putting something together so we can display them mm -hmm. eventually. It's going to be just a sense of accomplishment, like I said. We're planning on getting a board, actually, and putting the medals underneath each other in this fashion, this order. And the board, because they were white belt medals, is going to be a white board with a black stripe on the bottom, like a white belt is. And then we're going to date underneath it and write what dates he got the medals at. And then we're going to do the same for his blue belts and same for his purples and browns and so on and so forth. That's, that's our plan. So you think that I'm going to get his purple or brown belt someday? <laughs> What a joke. Yeah, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But medals are super fun. Uh, and it's it's good to look back at your accomplishments and say, wow, I actually put myself out there. I tested myself. And I actually was able to get a medal. Yeah. You know? There's... I'm not going to lie. I hate silver medals. Second <laughs> like sucks. I have so many silver medals and I'm just like, this is bullshit. But you learn from <laughs> it. You learn from all of those. And I bet you all the reasons that you got your silver medals, you haven't gotten a silver medal because of that reason. Yeah, I know that uh, when I was a white belt, there was a match that I lost by points and I was on bottom side control and I could not get up. I couldn't sweep or reverse, uh, I couldn't regard. And if I did regard, they would just pass my guard again and go right to side control. So for the next like three months, I started every roll in bottom side control so that I could mm -hmm. figure out how to get out from there yep. and test myself in my worst area. And I saw George St. Pierre 
talked about, or John Donaher talked about how George St. Pierre always did that in training. So if you were to go into a training camp for George St. Pierre, you know, multi-time, greatest of all time, UFC champ, he would always train on the things that he was not great at. So if you went to look at him training, you would always think that he's getting dominated and he's losing and he should not be a champion. Well, history tells us that is not the way it played out. He was great in his great positions, but he also had a good base in his weak positions because he would train those specifically because he knew he was weak in them. And I did that with side control. And I can tell you right now, people tell me I feel like I'm an octopus (laughs) and it's like trying to hold down water when I'm under them now. Because he practiced so much. And I did the same thing with my competition. I remember I was stuck in front headlock. Some girl had me just sprawled out on my back in a front headlock position and I could not move. I was stuck there for probably a minute and I didn't know what to do from there. I had to wait for her to move in order for me to figure out what to do. And that was almost a year ago now and I don't get stuck in front headlock anymore because I drilled it all the time. Every time I started a roll, I was like, put me in front headlock. I need to figure out how to get out this. Every time we ask a question, how do I get out of front headlock? What is a different way I can do this? What if that doesn't work? So it's just really, I say competition really highlights your strengths and weaknesses. It, it puts it just right there on a silver platter for you, for you to figure yep. it out. And always record your matches, Austin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> record your matches so that you can review them later, even if you win. Like she says, she looks at them. I look at all my matches, and one of the things that I do actually to lead me up to competition is I look at recent matches. So I look at my last competition, I'll look at a competition from a year or two years ago, and I'm like, wow, I was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but then I remember like, okay, I've progressed a ton from those matches, and this is what went wrong in my last matches, and I have specifically worked on that. So I am prepared. And you know, if you go out and compete, you're probably pretty good at jujitsu too. So, you know, don't knock yourself before you even get out there. Yep. I always like to tell, so we have a bunch of kids in the gym who like to compete too. And you know, kids are very emotional and they get very upset when they, because they only see it as winning or losing. Like if they win, they're awesome. If they lose, they suck. Like that's just how they see it in their brains. And I always have to remind them that no, you are out there, you are competing. Even if you get demolished on the mat, you still did more than the other kid in the gym who hasn't even thought about competition. Like it's it's a huge, huge step in your jujitsu career to get out on those mats. I really firmly believe that. And I think yep. you do get better. And there's so much that goes into a competition. Like this this is not even gonna like scratch the surface of everything that goes into preparing for a competition and getting ready for your diet and getting ready for what gi you're even gonna wear that day and what you're gonna eat that morning and what you're gonna do leading up so that you're not sore for it or what you're gonna do, like what your game plan is, and if your game plan doesn't work, how much you've drilled, who you've worked with, how your body types work against a different person. Like, there's so many factors that go into competition that mm-hmm. you can't really, unless you're Dave, just choose, I'm gonna compete next weekend. Like, <laughs> there's really so much that goes into it, and that's why I really do wanna express to any, especially female, like male too, but like especially female, if you're thinking about competing and you're here at Fluids, let me help you. And I know Ellie's competed, Laura's competed, like they are both also, I'm not gonna say experts, but they're in the same boat I am, where they've done a couple competitions, they've got it under their belt, we can we can help you. So if you're thinking about competing, let me know and we'll get you ready. It's a great way to put yourself out there. <laughs> it's a great way to learn. 
even if you win, like I said. And I love it. I love the feeling of it. I love the adrenaline dump. I love the highs. I love the lows. Yeah. I love the I atmosphere. <laughs> I love that it's just chaotic everywhere all the time. Yeah. It's super fun. It's crazy. <laughs> and this, like I said, the whole vibe is just different too. So a prime example here at Fluid is we have a woman here who's in her 50s. She is super amazing. Everyone loves Tracy. Like she is just a fantastic human being inside she's and out. She's a blue belt. Like she is just phenomenal. And she decided to do her first competition as a blue belt. She never did one as a white belt. But that's because she is in the older division and she's also super freaking tiny. She's like 115 pounds. So it's very hard for her to find people in her weight class and her Age belt bracket. bracket. Yeah. So she finally did one in right before March. COVID hit. So I think it was February of last year. It was Fuji. And she was super excited. She was just all giggles and just like, this is going to be so much fun. I can't wait to go out there and see what's going on. She slap bumped the girl and immediately got taken down. Like, the girl just charged at her. And Tracy was just like, what just happened? Like, holy cow, that was insane. And it was just uh -huh. kind of a, a reality check for her. And pretty much, I'm only telling this story not to like say that what she did was wrong, because I don't think what she did was wrong, but I'm saying it because you have to understand that when you go out there, it is not training anymore. It is do or die. Yeah. And she figured that out. You gotta out. be ready for anything. And her next one, she knew that going into her next match that same day, and she survived it. She immediately was like, okay, I gotta amp this up now. This is not fun training, slap bump, let's go. This is slap bump, okay, I'm gonna kill you. Yep. Like, it's different. And that's why you really have to get into the mentality if you're thinking about competing, that you need to have that adrenaline to go out there, otherwise you're gonna fall flat. Yep, and every gym is different, but no matter how much you train for competition in the gym, you're not gonna be you know, breaking each other's arms in the gym or choking each other out in the gym as much as you can to prepare for that. That level of intensity in an actual competition is just always gonna be higher than it is when you're training. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you are thinking about competing, I mean, we have great diet tips for you, or I have great diet tips for you if you just listen to me. I eat what she makes. It works. <laughs> I'm the chef in the house. I cook all the time. He doesn't know how to even boil water. So nope. we have a good competition diet. I actually have a whole list. I'm a big list person. You might figure that out throughout this series. But uh, I have a bunch of lists of what to eat for competition, how to build up for competition, what your protein should be, what your vegetables should be, what your portions should be, all that stuff. And so if you are, like I said, if you are thinking about competing, even if you don't train at fluid, let me know. Like I'll, I'll help you get prepared. I may not do it, but I'll help you. I'll help you too. I'll give you some tough rolls. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours about jujitsu in general. We actually do. It's kind of annoying. We feel like we annoy our friends. So it's good <laughs> that we train together because we yep. can talk about it for hours and not get bored. Whereas our friends are probably like, oh my God, shut up. Stop talking about it. I don't care about loop chokes, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What so, do you mean? We could really go on and on and on forever. But, I mean, we're trying to break this up into segments. So today we did want to talk about competition. And there's so many sub-things that we could be going into, but we're just not going to. And I think we're going to uh, probably call it here. And we'll try again next week, right? Yeah. So thanks for listening. If you liked, uh, you know, like our channel, share with your friends, comments. We'll talk to you guys about it later. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.